Friday. Happy Friday. What's going on, everybody? It's actually Saturday now. Appreciate everyone listening in. We're going to we got a jam-packed show here. We're going to go ahead and dive into the XFL slate. This is your host, Mark Hogan, a.k.a. at DFS underscore Marlin. Cut off this music here. Appreciate everyone listening in today. So um, we're going to dive into the XFL slate for week eight. Uh, got a lot of notes here that I want to go through here to make sure we prepare you guys to go ahead and go out and win in DFS, uh, specifically the XFL slates here for this weekend. Um, had a great uh, past couple of weekends uh, playing XFL. We're starting to we're starting to wrap up here. Uh, we're getting towards the last couple weeks of the season, but that does not mean that DFS fantasy football ends. We will be going back into the USFL, which will be starting next week, I think. So we've got a lot of stuff lined up here for the USFL as well. Don't forget about that. We're going to be taking fantasy football all the way into July. Uh, which will then give us a nice, quick, short little break before training camp for the NFL starts at the end of that month. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, our conversation here for today. Um, I'd like to start off, as we like always do, uh, with going into our transactions for the week. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up the transactions for the week here. And I'm going to go ahead and start off at the very beginning, and I'll run through these real quick for everyone to listen in on. So the XFL started this week with the big news of the addition of Philip Lindsay. So we had Philip Lindsay added on April 3rd. We had TJ Bradley, Philip Lindsay to the Seattle Sea Dragons. We had TJ Bradley to the Orlando Guardians, an offensive tackle. We also had Kelly Bryant. Go to the Arlington Renegades, a quarterback, former quarterback from Clemson, um, and Drew Plitt was added to the reserve list. Uh, a few more Guardians items. We've got Eben Robinson added as the inside linebacker, and TJ Stormont added as a ta- or added as a tackle, both to the reserve list here. DC uh, went ahead and picked Puka Williams back up on the roster. Puka Williams, if you haven't been following, he started off with D.C. He then uh, basically got cut by D.C. Um, St. Louis brought him in. Uh, he was with the St. Louis roster for a few weeks. Uh, looks like they they just ended up, uh, drop, ended up dropping him, and now he's back with D.C. here. Uh, D.J. Swearinger, the former NFL safety, uh, went uh, was added to D.C. as well, and Isaiah Johnson, uh, another cornerback here on the D.C. end of things, likely with the loss of uh, Anthua Kelly. Houston, we saw Austin Jones, a kicker, go to Houston. Nick Holly was added to the San Antonio Brahmas. Nick Holly, our running back slash wide receiver from Houston. Um, so a little bit of a, a mix-up there. Uh, we had another Vegas uh, kicker, Sam Sloman. Uh, he got added to the active roster, and Vegas also added a quarterback in D'Angelo Fulford. 
Um, I don't think that really has any kind of bearing on what happens in the quarterback situation in Vegas. I do think McClendon um, pretty much will they'll probably run with him uh, for the remainder of the season. Um, we saw Michael Maietti, uh, the center for DC. He get he got added to the reserve list. KJ Sales uh, went the cornerback. He got added to the reserve list for DC. Um, let's see if we got any other notable items here. Kurt Bankarts went to the reserve list. That's not a surprise. Same thing with Jalen Tolliver. So we don't have him anymore. He's on the reserve list. A couple guys got released. Not really too many of, of note here. And quarterback Paxton Lynch, of course, went from the Orlando Guardians. Uh, they, they released him, uh, and the Brahmas uh, went ahead and picked him up. So that is it for our transactions. Now I'd like to dive into our injury report here for this week as well. So we'll tackle the the Vegas and the Battle Hawks game here first. Jeff Bedette is ruled out. So if you're gonna, um, really, that's the that's the main injury here for Vegas, uh, which I would think Matthew Sexton um, is the individual who typically fills his role. So keep an eye out for Matthew Sexton. Um, everyone else, uh, we do have a questionable status on Mike Miller, offensive lineman. Marcel Spate, the linebacker, um, he's probably doubtful. Everyone else is probable here. Um, Adam Sparks, uh, he's listed as probable. He's on the injury report. That's a cornerback we like to go after from a DFS standpoint. And Sinkyu Sweeting, um, he logs some full practices. So he's on the injury report, but I think he should be good to go. Uh, if we go ahead and look at the St. Uh, Louis Battlehawks here, do have Tim Harris, the defensive back. He is ruled out. Um, AJ McCarron, if you don't remember, he did look like he got a little banged up. Might have been his shoulder, and, and certainly that's what it appears as on the injury report as uh, he's listed with a shoulder injury and logged limited practices for Wednesday and Thursday. So just keep an eye out for that with McCarron. This makes me think that if McCarron isn't fully healthy, I could see him going out and playing, You know, as you may recall. He came out in that game, um, but he came back in shortly afterwards. But maybe he's not as effective throwing the ball um, this week uh, like he normally is. So I'm probably leaning towards more of a Brian Hill play for a lot of my builds here, but we do have to remember the Vegas secondary. This this is the worst secondary in the XFL. Uh, So... You know, if if that injury isn't bothering McCarron, then I could also see the the pass offense doing well. So this is kind of a pick your poison type option. I'll have lineups probably um, running out that game three theory in the air and on the ground, uh, just because I think this is certainly a spot that we need to that we need to attack. Moving on, go to. The Roughnecks and the Brahmas, we don't have full injury reports on this one uh, here quite yet, but we do have we do see that Tim Ward, uh, he is listed as a DMP, so it's likely that he uh, was listed as DMP's both practices, so um, very likely to me that he is going to be out. And Brandon Silvers, so he's on the injury report. He was listed as limited participant on Wednesday and Thursday. 
So he's listed as the starter on the depth chart. I don't know how I feel about it, though, because we've seen this with some other teams already this year, where, um, and, and particularly Vegas, where a list of starter, and then all of a sudden they're rolling out the, the backup come game time. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, sus- I'm, I'm very suspect of the Silver's quote-unquote injury from, from last week. So uh, I do feel that um, they wanted to give Cole McDonald a shot. So I would be rather surprised if we saw um, Silver, if we didn't see Silver's uh, start this game still, but um, I, I, it wouldn't completely blow me away. So we have to keep an eye out for that, which makes me not too thrilled about going in the direction of Silvers uh, or McDonald here. Brahmas are pretty healthy. Um, they're missing one offensive lineman uh, in Maeta Um and they're also going to be missing defensive end Mike Tverdoff. Norm Price, uh, this is a guy that, I mean, he's not very good either, so... Um, even if he does play, I don't know how much of a help he's going to be, um, but he was limited for, for both practices. We switch over to D.C. and Seattle. Uh, D.C. is already listed and Thua Kelly is out. Everyone else is probable. And then if we switch over to Seattle, uh, Jordan Evans, that's the big one. I've been on this all season. When Jordan Evans is out, that run defense is completely susceptible. So I like to target this this run defense when Jordan Evans is out, and he is indeed out against D.C. So if you guys know where I'm probably going, that's that's the spot here. That's probably the main the main injury. Morgan Ellison, again, he went on reserve list. They added Philip Lindsay. I'll point this out. I think that Philip Lindsay is going to play, um, but I, I don't think he can handle any kind of real significant workload from a fantasy standpoint. I think he's just going to cut into TJ Hammonds and Darius Bradwell. So really don't want any of that backfield from a run game perspective. But I am going to hammer these receivers here. And then the Arlington Renegades. We do have Victor Bolden. Uh, He logged a DMP on Tuesday and then logged limited practices Wednesday and Thursday. So he's a true questionable. Um, But I do have interest. If he does play, I think Victor Bolden is a guy that we can um, take take a nice look at. Uh, that's probably from, I guess, a significant injury standpoint. Well, Donald Payne, it is notable from an ankle, his ankle. He uh, DMP'd on Tuesday, logged a limited on Wednesday, and a full on Thursday. So I, he's listed as probable. Um, that those that those are the, those tea leaves are are particularly positive from a uh, practice report uh, progression here. So I do expect Donald Payne to play in this game, um, but. Is he going to be 100% who that is to be determined? Uh, Orlando, no real significant injuries here. Orlando's pretty healthy. And that's about it. Perfect. So we got through all of our injuries here. 
And I want to transition the conversation over to our Vegas lines. So let me pull up our Vegas lines here. And uh, happy to say this is this is ex- an exciting trend. We're seeing we've been seeing the last couple of weeks the lines you know slowly grow and grow, and this is again um, the highest uh, collection of totals uh, so far this XFL season. So the Vegas Vipers and the St. Louis Battlehawks uh, they are looking at a forty six over under. Uh, the Battlehawks are home favorites at minus seven and a half. We have the Guardians and the Renegades. The Guardians are home favorites at minus two in uh, a 42 and a half point total. That doesn't, to me, that is, I mean, I know the Guardians have scored a lot of points recently the last several weeks, but I mean, Arlington's a pretty darn good defense and the Arlington offense is not, um, is not firing on all cylinders. We'll see what Luis, Luis Perez does here for them, um, but I, I kind of like the under for that game. That's that's good. It's a pretty high total for those two teams. Houston Roughnecks against the San Antonio Brahmas. That's the lowest total on the slate at 40 points. So that is a 40-point total. Uh, the Brahmas are uh, home underdogs of 5.5 points. This game might be closer. So I would not mind, I would not mind taking... The Brahmas at plus five and a half. And uh, the Defenders and the Sea Dragons, that is a 46 and a half point total. Uh, so that is the highest total on the slate. But keep in mind, this line started at, I believe, 48. So this line has gone down a point and a half. Not really sure why either. I guess maybe just a lot of, you know, a lot of folks took the under. Um, Seattle though they are minus two and a half point favorites. I think that's interesting. So I'd be very curious to take DC at plus two and a half when looking at that, given the circumstances. All right, um, I do like to give you an update on how our teams are doing defensively. I think it's good to you know really keep an eye on what these numbers look like. Uh, especially now that we are looking at a larger sample size, these numbers are more and more accurate and, and uh, indicative of what these teams can and can't do. So from a defensive perspective, we have the Vegas Vipers, 850 yards rushing on the ground. That is the worst in the league. Their passing yards are 1,515. Uh, that is the third worst in the league from a passing perspective. Battlehawks, they're playing each other. The Battlehawks are right there behind him at 848 yards. I do think this number is a little inflated because, of of course, that D.C. game. I mean, yeah, they still put up all those yards on them, but uh, D.C. is also the best rushing attack in the XFL. Abram Smith is the best uh, running back in the XFL. So um, I don't think they're as bad as Vegas is. And again, I, I think the Battlehawks would like to rely on the run here. So um, I also look at their their stats statistically. They are actually the best team in the XFL against the pass. All right, so I think Jalen McClendon is going to have a tougher time throwing the ball against this defense. 
They seem like they've really improved slowly but surely over the course of the season. The best team against the run are the D.C. Defenders at 530 yards, and the Houston Roughnecks are not too far behind them, along with the Arlington Renegades with 571 and 572, respectively, between those two teams. Middle of the pack for those two teams as far as passing yards goes, but D.C. allows the most passing yards in the XFL with 1,738 passing yards. So we've been going after that spot here as well. They're now missing a cornerback that they they typically like to use here. So um, we're looking at them playing Seattle. Man, that's going to be – that's got to be the game. Yeah, it is the game of the week. Um, I don't know. That over kind of sounds – that sounds pretty good to me. 46.5 points for the best running back, and maybe you know you could argue they might have – the best receiving group in the league. I mean, Josh Gordon can't even get on the field at this point. I don't know how much that's saying at this point in his career, but those other receivers uh, do have a lot of ability. Um, and that's about it from a team defense perspective, so I like to go into that. I'll give you guys some notes that I have here, and then we'll look into a little bit of lineup construction. So if we go ahead and take a look at some of my notes here for Seattle, I pointed out that Jawan Green, Jordan VC, and Damian Willis each saw more snaps than Josh Gordon last week. Phil Lindsay, I do think, will be involved, and he is likely there to phase out Bradwell, but I do expect Hammonds to still be involved. And like we talked about before, Anthua Kelly is out for D.C. So what this means is Santos Ramirez is likely the player that replaces him in the slot. Seattle is going to attack this really early and often, in my opinion. So I do think, you know, we've seen some down weeks from Jacor Pearson. I think this could be the bounce back week here for Jacor Pearson to remind the league who the top dog is uh, in the XFL. So Santos Ramirez, just to give you a little bit of a further uh, kind of understanding here, he's given up on limited snaps, 11 catches on 15 targets for 165 yards and three touchdowns. So again, that's in limited play. That is not good. Uh, and this is the guy that is likely going to uh, cover the slot for the majority of the game, where we, of course, all know that is where Jacor Pearson plays. So I'm um, pretty much all in on Jacor Pearson. Uh, Arlington, Canelo led the team in receptions and targets despite quarterback woos. Uh, Luis Perez, he did slot in as the starter this week. Um, for me, in this offense, no one is really uh, safe at this point. But if I am going to take a shot, I do think Victor Bolden is an interesting spot. He did draw five targets last week and went three for 40. Uh, Rennell Hall, I know he hasn't really came through for us at all this year, uh, but could this be the Rennell Hall week? Possibly. He is a gadget player. Uh, he is a guy you can get creative with. And he saw one more snap than Victor Bolden last week. He saw 27 snaps compared to Bolden's 26. So, again, a min-salary player, it's worth taking a shot on. Um I know he's burned us a little, a few times at this point because we're all kind of chomping at the bit to play him. Maybe this is the week. 
Uh, Davion Smith, he is the guy. And, um, you know, with Orlando and uh, – uh, uh, I'm sorry. Davion Smith is the guy with Arlington. And against Orlando, they are not a good team really against the run. So I don't mind a little bit of Davion Smith. Um, but I do just take priority over some of these other running backs, which uh, brings up Abram Smith. He is continuing to rake, like I said before, he is the best running back in the XFL. Seattle's run defense is desperately going to be missing Jordan Evans. So this is my favorite spot here. Uh, from a uh, air perspective on DC side of things, saw Chris Blair uh, receive more targets than Lucky Jackson. So I thought that was really interesting. Briley Moore, he saw six targets last week going for five for 29 and a touchdown. That's their tight end. But Ethan Wolf is back. So, again, if you're looking for another salary saver, Ethan Wolf is min-priced at the tight end position. So it's a uh, kind of like a bonus min-price at 2500 bucks only. Uh, he sees similar production when he's out on the field, roughly a three-catch for 21-yard type player with some red zone potential. So, you know, Ethan Wolf, I mean, even if he goes three catches for 21 yards, that's five points out of a $2,500 player. That does certainly does not kill you, as you'll be able to spend up on pretty much all of your other spots in your lineup. But what if he catches a touchdown? If he goes three for 21 and a touchdown, you know, now we're talking about 11 points for a $2,500 player. So I really like going that direction here. Uh, transitioning over to the Orlando uh, uh, side of things, uh, Charleston Rambo, uh, Eli Rogers, and Dan Williams, they led the wide receiver group in snaps last week. Each both uh, each of these players had more snaps than Cody Latimer himself. That is not a knock on Cody Latimer. That is just to point out that these receivers, uh, specifically the, the, the folks that I named, are likely going to be the guys that we see again on the field, especially given uh, you know how successful that offense was last week and the fact that they won. So Eli Rogers is one to point out. We saw extended looks from him last week, matching the same number of targets with seven to Cody Latimer. Devin Darrington is clearly the lead back now, uh, but I do still expect to see Jermaine Martin you know, get mixed in here. Uh, Eli Rogers, Cody Latimer, and Rambo are priority receivers in this game if you are going to go in this direction, the Orlando-Arlington game. Uh, Orlando tends to give up most of their yards through the air uh, via short passes and middle-of-the-field plays. So all of those guys, um, I would say those three individuals, Rogers, Latimer, and Rambo, are likely the ones to benefit most here from that. A few more notes. I do have the Roughnecks quarterback situation. Uh, We talked about that a little bit earlier, um, but I do like to point out that the Brahma's defense, really excellent secondary and excellent run defense. So expect a lot of Houston going with quick pass plays. Um, So we have to see some of these receivers get some fantasy points. Probably going to see, in my opinion, Cedric Bird. Uh, He is really that slot receiver right now. Uh, that is getting the majority of those targets and a very high target volume. So ever since John Shaw Kirkland uh, came out of the lineup uh, due to injury, uh, Cedric Bird has really been able to be the beneficiary of that. 
The Brahmas, uh, Jack Cohn is indeed listed as the starter. He did not display in the injury report. So despite the team going out and adding Paxton Lynch, when I first saw that, I, I thought that was not good news for Cohen. But uh, looks like we probably are going to be seeing him. So, you know, I'm curious. I would imagine he might be splitting some time. So I'm, I don't know if I'm sold on playing him quite yet, but I do have some interest and in maybe exposure to some of the uh, guys on the receiving end. So I was a Mac. He is another $2,500 player. Could he go four for 28 in a touchdown? Could he go four for 35 and no touchdowns? Either one of those options uh, ends up paying off the $2,500 price point that he is. Fred Brown leads the team in targets on the season. More importantly, Fred Brown is a player that lines up in the slot, and he's going to see a lot of Will Likely. So you know, He's been a liability, but is certainly improving as the season goes on. And I'll add Ajean Harris. He's been getting, you know, really smoked uh, a lot on the exterior. So I do have some interest in TJ Vasher, another cheaper uh, option. You could even run out maybe a cheap stack here uh, with like a Vasher and Fred Brown or maybe a Vasher and Mac. Um, there's a few different directions. Maybe you can go with that Mac and, and Fred Brown. So, I might mix and match those guys uh, into some of my builds here. And uh, switching over, I do like to point out, um, I've got a couple of notes here for the Vipers and the Battlehawks. Um, Brian Hill is one of my favorite plays of the week, but I can't be all in on him just because of the points that could be going out in the passing game as well, right? We could see this game playing out positively for St. Louis in a couple of different directions just given these matchups on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I do prioritize Darius Shepard as the receiver uh, in for St. Louis just because of the fact that Marcel Aitman is back, and Marcel Aitman is a player they like to look at in the red zone. So Aitman typically will not only cut into Butler's route tree, but could also take away some of that touchdown equity uh, or potential that Butler has. So I'd rather go with Darius Shepard, who really should not be impacted too much by the continual and increased presence of Marcel Aitman since his injury, if coming back from his injury a few weeks ago. Uh, and I do like to add the note on the two Vegas corners, Sparks and Kennedy. They've given up a combined, this is crazy, they've given up a combined 676 yards and four touchdowns on the season. Those are just just from two players, two of their both starting exterior corners. Um, that's how many. That's that's how much production they've given up. That is not a good sign uh, for those those guys here. McClendon is interesting, um, given how he played last week. But you know, Battlehawks defense they've surrendered the least. Uh, well, I wouldn't say the least amount of passing yards. I can actually. Pull it up. Actually, no. They they have it. They've they've given up the least amount of passing yards in the entire XFL. So I'm a little cooled off on McClendon. It's it's on the road in St. Louis. That's a good crowd. To, you know, it's a really loud crowd to play in front of. Um, so I'm not really into it here. Rod Smith and Levette they do share the backfield. 
could see both being efficient, but they do certainly eat into each other's production. So if you're going here, I just run with the cheaper of the two. And uh, again, Bidet is out, so Sexton is the clear fill-in for that role. He is a viable play. All right, so let's do some of, you know, I would say this is my favorite segment. I think I've gotten some good reviews on this last portion of the show. We're going to pull up DraftKings here, and we're going to go ahead and draft a lineup together here. So let me get this on my other screen. Perfect. So we'll dive in and take a look at this lineup. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll look at quarterback first. So as we can see, Ben DiNucci, he is at the very top of the charts. His price has just continued to go up. He's $12,000. $12, Man, that is a lot of money for a quarterback. I'm not sure if I can afford that. So I'm, I'm going to hold off on that for now. I'm going to see what my options are after I build maybe other pieces of my lineup. Uh, I am going to be interested in his receiver. Again, that attacking the slot against DC, I think, is this the wise direction to go here. So I'll add Jacor Pearson. Let me go ahead and add my running back. Um, so I'll add Mr. Smith, Abram Smith here at running back. Um, so now I've, I've kind of got a run back here for that game of the week. I've got Abram Smith as my running back and Jacor Pearson coming back the opposite direction at receiver. That's going to be a heck of a, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, and then I'm going to, I think I want to go with another running back. So I am interested in just rolling with Brian Hill and going with the run game against Vegas at home. I love that. Um, I need to be able. I need to save money some here, right? I just picked a a nine thousand dollar option, a ten thousand dollar option, an eleven thousand dollar option. So let me go ahead and and see if I can dive deep into one of those salary savers, one of those either receiver or running backs that I was looking at. Um, or tight ends. And I think that's that's I think that's the direction I'm gonna go here. I do think Ethan Wolf is a really, really sneaky tight end option. But I don't know about playing him in this lineup because I have Abram Smith here. So I what I think the direction is that I'll go is I'll still stick with that price point and I'll run with Alize Mack as my tight end. All right, so I just saved a bunch of money by playing Mac at twenty five hundred bucks. Let's see if I can save some money playing defense. I'm gonna take a look at these defenses here. Orlando is super cheap against Arlington. Luis Perez, he's only been there a week. I don't know if I. I'm not sure if I want to go that direction though. I think the Brahmas are interesting at thirty nine hundred. Not too interested in the Roughnecks. I was into them maybe at the beginning of the week, but not really now. Battlehawks are a good play, but they're also $4,800. Not sure if they're worth that much. So I think, yeah, I think I'm just going to go with the punt as well. I'm just going to save my money and roll with the Guardians and hope that they can not give me a goose egg here at the defensive spot. 
So I got my I have a flex position available and I have my quarterback position available. My remaining salary is I don't know how this is going to work. My remaining salary is is only 12,500 bucks. I do have Allison Alize Mac at tight end. And let's see if I can find let's see if we can find a quarterback that we can play and maybe save some money on. I mean, Jack Cohn, he's seventy one hundred bucks. That would certainly put us within the realm of being able to play another player. Kinda wanna play Danucci though. I don't think that's gonna work though. So I think we're gonna have to I think what we'll end up having to do is we're gonna have to pick between Abram Smith and Brian Hill. I don't think we can play both of them. Because I am interested in playing Danucci. Let's do Danucci and then I'll come off of Hill. I don't have to play Hill. I feel like I have to play Abram Smith. I don't have to play anyone, but according to who I like, it's kind of where I'm at. So let's go ahead and fill in these flex spots. I'm maybe looking in a sub 5K op, uh, option here, or sub 4K. I think Marcel Aitman, he's got that touchdown equity. He could steal that from Brian Hill and Hakeem Butler, and he's only $4,100. Fred Brown, he's $3,700, another cheap play. TJ Vasher is thirty-four. I think um, because I have Mac in this lineup and I don't want to overload on on Brahmas, I want to keep this a balanced lineup. I think I'll avoid those options. Dedrick Thomas uh, with Orlando, he's certainly has a role in this offense. I just don't know if it's going to grow any further than what it is. But he looks good. I mean, dude runs hard. And then Rennell Hall, he's three grand. Victor Bolden, he's three grand. So you could go that direction. If you go that direction, you know, then you're looking at like a seven thousand dollar player. Sal Canella is seven grand. Travell Harris is seven grand. Artavis Bryant, seventy one hundred bucks. I don't know if I'm interested in that. Lucky Jackson is seventy five hundred. So, like, if we went Lucky Jackson, then we could go with, like, a 3,200. Well, no, it would be, like, a... No, it would only be, like, a tight end option, like, 2,700 bucks or less. So, we have to go less than that. Cedric Bird, he is And that could be the play. So what? Maybe, could we do Cedric Bird and Marcel Aitman? Let's see. I think we can. We can do Bird with Tyler Vaughns, Stevie Mitchell, Michael Bandy, Armstead, or Aitman, or Rogers, or Sexton, uh, or Dan Williams. <laughs> so there's a lot of pivots here, I think, for this final spot, I would argue. We'll go Amen here. 
I'm going to leave 300 bucks on the board. We've also got, instead of the Guardians, we could play the Brahmas. I don't know if I would want to do that with Bird in the lineup. So I'd probably just stick with the Guardians. Yeah, I think that looks good. So we got Ben DiNucci, Abram Smith, Ja'Core Pearson, Alizé Mack, Cedric Bird, Marcel Aitman, and the Guardians defense. Go ahead and hit enter. That lineup looks good. I think that's the lineup I'm starting off at. So I want to walk you guys through my process. What we just did is that is that is what my process looks like in preparing my first lineup. And as you can see, even just going through that, I already have guys in mind as pivots to create other lineups with. So that's where I'll start actually making my build, right? I'm not, I'm not one out here to do an optimizer. I hand craft every single one of my lineups and they're based off of pivots and other plays that I like. And then it's all built around a core set of players. All right. So just wanted to give you uh, really some insight on what my process looks like and, of course, what players I like here for this weekend. Uh, if you guys like what you heard, please go feel free to uh, visit FantasyGuru.com. Subscribe to the, XF, uh, the, the football franchise mode. That'll give you the XFL content, uh, really any kind of uh, football content that will give you the access to. Uh, you can hang out with us in the Discord. Uh, Discord, we're posting all kinds of great stuff, not just on XFL, but we'll be doing um, pretty much any sport that you can possibly think of. I know I've got some Masters lineups uh, based off of uh, some of the articles written uh, on the PGA stuff. I've been crushing it in NBA. I've been getting some nice MLB hits as well, uh, all based off of, you know, I do my own research, but then I'll compare and contrast to content on the Fantasy Guru site. Uh, again, if you want to go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at DFS underscore Marlin. And... I'll give you guys some insight on what my process looks like here next. So next, we're going to be... I'll, I'll end up... Now that I've done my own research... Um, I'll hop into onto the Fantasy Guru website. I'm going to look at Jorge Puck's article. He wrote a nice article that I intentionally do not look at until I'm done with my own personal research. I don't like to have any really outside kind of resources or anything hinder what I think is going to happen. But I do like to use that information as a checks and balances system to make sure I didn't miss anything, uh, to make sure that uh, if there is maybe a really persuasive stat line or a, a good point that someone else makes, I can adapt and maybe and maybe adopt that into my lineups as well. All right, so appreciate appreciate everyone hopping on. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Let's crush XFL going into this weekend and win. We'll talk next week.